Did you know that nearly nine out of 10 home buyers say they'd use a buyer's agent when purchasing a home again? Buyer representation really matters when there's 111 to-dos. Visit Realtor.com slash Buyer Agent Toolkit and spread the word. Buyer agents are essential. So I went out on my own and I think one of the first things is just it's really scary hiring an assistant actually. And so I kind of went through being really nervous if I was going to have stuff for the assistant to do and how am I going to explain it and training and all that is super hard. And then sometimes the market slowed and I would think, oh my gosh, I've got to cut this assistant back. They're hours. And then looking back, probably not a good idea, you know, but you get nervous thinking I'm not going to have as much for this assistant to do. I would encourage people to kind of stick through it. Um, even though you might think it's scary and you can't afford it, it really does um, allow you to do more of the things that a salesperson and team leader would be good at. So I think hiring your first assistant would be one of the first kind of steps and being able to train and have somebody else assist you. And then from there, having another agent, right? Bringing on another agent. And I've been through a lot of different agents in the cycles and trying to find the right person. And that part is really challenging, trying to find people that are in your same culture and have the same work ethic that kind of want to work the same way. But I would say definitely, yes, finding that first kind of buyer's agent or somebody to support you, or they don't even have to focus on buyers. It can just be another agent on your team. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Velt, Editorial Director of Real Trends, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share their trends, their secrets to success, and the lessons they've learned navigating this ever-changing industry. Building a business is a lot like building a house. It's important to have a strong foundation. If you're a real estate agent, that includes partnering with an independent mortgage broker, someone in your area who can shop multiple lenders and provide your buyers with faster closings, lower wholesale rates, and lower monthly payments. Find your local mortgage partner today at findamortgagebroker.com. Powered by United Wholesale Mortgage LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS number 3308. Krista Jarvis has been on our 1,000 rankings for several years now, and she's got an all-female team of about 11 people. She talks a lot about scaling her growth and what it took in the early days to really um, take her production to the next level. She's got some great strategies that a lot of agents and team leaders and even brokers who are looking to take their business to the next level can use and apply. So enjoy the podcast with Krista. This is Tracy Velt, Editorial Director for Real Trends. Today, you'll be listening to an exclusive interview with Krista Jarvis, of the Krista Jarvis team of Coldwell Banker Realty in California. Krista is founder of the team and has also been selected to be the founding member of the Coldwell Banker Global Luxury Lifestyle Ambassador Program. Her team is ranked nationally as the number five medium-sized team by volume in the 2021 Real Trends The Thousand, and the 2021 rankings are based on 2020 production, and the 2022 rankings will be released this summer. So welcome, Krista. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I just want to start a little bit with how you built your team and and maybe one of the greatest challenges you had in the early years. 
Um, that's a great question. So in the early years, there were no such things as teams. And so, um, you know, I had started out, um, gosh, early, like when I was 23 mm-hmm. and then got my first assistant and, uh, worked a little bit, a couple of years, just her and I, and then trying to build a team people didn't really understand. And I actually lost a lot of business in the early days because people felt like having a team meant that they were not going to have interaction with me. And then I think other competitors would kind of use that against me, basically saying, oh, she has a team. So you're never going to talk to Krista or never hear from Krista. So those were some hard challenges in the beginning in trying to set up the team and the organization to explain to people that that's just the actual opposite. And people always have my cell phone. I'm very involved, but having a team just means that there are more people to support the process, more people to provide better service to the client. Um, So I'm trying to think about how long it took, but maybe after a year or two, you know, then other teams or the concept I think started to kind of catch on. Yeah. uh, Got easier. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, you know, and, and now teams are obviously pretty standard in real estate. I love that your team is led by strong women. And tell me a little bit about why that's so important to you and how you empower women on your team to succeed. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I've been asked this question before in terms of was it intentional to start an all women team? And it definitely was not intentional. I think when I started, um, I mean, there's plenty of men in the business, but I think to me, going back 20 something years ago, it was even more heavily women dominated, I think, in the, in the real estate business. Um, but um, it just kind of evolved that way that it became an all women team. Um, and in terms of um, empowering, I really believe in having everybody try to fit the role that they can do well. So I've been through it long enough to know you don't want to fit a square peg in a round hole. So we try to find everybody's strengths and really capitalize on that. And we're all busy. So we're doing a ton of business. So we all like to have fun and we enjoy each other's company. But when we're at work, it's it's fun, but still people know what their jobs and responsibilities are and um, are really good at being able to, you know, hopefully not be micromanaged and just kind of like stay in their lane, right? But at the same time, I think we all have an understanding. A lot of us on the team are mothers and have children. And sometimes we need to cover for each other. And sometimes somebody has a sick kid or needs to go pick up somebody from school. And there's a lot of empathy in terms of being a working mom and, um, you know, needing to support one another in that way. Yeah, absolutely. And how many, how many people do you have on your team now? Um, I believe now is at 11. Okay, great. So obviously a lot of team leaders really struggle with the different phases of building a team. And, um, you know, what I've found is there are some usually pivotal moments that really um, help you move on to scale your growth. You've kept your team to a pretty, uh, you know, it's not a massive team, but it's a pretty big team. So tell me what some of those pivotal moments are that really helped you scale your growth, whether that is in team members or transactions or, you know, sales volume and all of that? Um, Yes. So I would say right now, even though we have 11 people, really, we only had four salespeople last year. So we actually did quite a bit of volume 
with not that many salespeople. So if you look at a lot of teams, they have, you know, a lot of salespeople. I, we, we were the opposite and had a lot more support, you know, support people and not as many salespeople. So I guess like, again, going back into the early days, it was, you know, how I started was somebody's assistant. And then I went on to be, you know, working with another successful agent in the area as um, his assistant slash buyer's agent. I was young. I was really young. I was 23 when I started. And then I think, or I was around maybe 27 when I went out on my own. So I went out on my own. And I think one of the first things is just, it's really scary hiring an assistant actually. And so I kind of went through, you know, being really nervous if I was going to have stuff for the assistant to do and how am I going to explain it and training and all that is super hard. And then sometimes the market slowed and I would think, oh my gosh, I've got to cut this assistant back their hours. And then looking back, probably not a good idea, you know, but you get nervous thinking I'm not going to have as much for this assistant to do, but to kind of, I would encourage people to kind of stick through it. Um, even though you might think it's scary and you can't afford it, it really does um, allow you to do more of the things that a salesperson and team leader would be good at. So I think hiring your first assistant would be one of the first kind of steps and being able to train and have somebody else assist you. And then from there, having um, another agent, right? Bringing on another agent. And I've been through a lot of um, different agents in the cycles and trying to find the right person. And that part is really challenging, trying to find people that are in your same culture and have the same work ethic that kind of want to work the same way. But I would say definitely, yes, finding that first kind of buyer's agent or somebody to support you, or they don't even have to focus on buyers. It can just be another agent on your team. Um, and I, my business partner, Nicole, uh, we've been working together for 16 years now. I mean, she didn't start off obviously as my business partner, but she came on when I had maybe two other, um, agents, but she was just a shining star right from the beginning. She was brand new, but she would always be the first one to raise her hands to do anything. So it was like, Nobody wants to do an open house on Mother's Day. I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, she was always like wanting to work really, really hard. And we've worked extremely well together for the last 16 years. I've been really lucky to have her and we're opposite. So we kind of balance each other out. And we started off just having one assistant and then kind of grew to adding more assistants. Um, So I think you have to just kind of look at your business and see what you're good at and how much support you need. This past year, finally, I hired a transaction coordinator. I would think that was um, a pivotal step, one I'd been trying to make for a while, but it was really hard to find somebody. Um, But at our volume, we could really employ a full-time person. So I just found that I didn't need to keep paying separate transaction coordinators. And it would be great to have one that does things our way that could be more service-oriented towards our clients and be there to answer questions. Um, So that was a new hire that I was happy to make. Yeah, I think that you're right. That first hire is scary and it's scary for brokers too, because you know, you're going to take a little bit of a hit on your income. And the concern is, am I going to be able to make that up? And the truth is that, yeah, you're going to make it up plus because of the help. And it's that it's a really hard hurdle to to make, you know, to get over. So, um, and a lot of agents are building teams right now. So what advice do you have for them? Um, you know, maybe some of your lessons learned or uh, you talked a little bit about the progression of, of hiring, but what are some other things um, that you would recommend or advice that you have? 
Um, I think that you need to look for people that are like-minded and that really do want to go in the same direction that you're going. Right. And so I think being part of a team, if any new agent, I get calls from people all the time, kind of asking how you started, how to build a business and, and, you know, teams sometimes have a negative connotation. I think people get into real estate thinking they want to be their own boss, you know, create their own schedule, not have anyone tell them what to do. And they want to just be, you know, very independent. But in today's real estate world, I would recommend the exact opposite. I think it's so hard to be one person and do everything really well. And so I would advise anybody new to join a team and you have to kind of get over the fact that, yeah, your name might not be on, on, you know, in the big lights or whatever it is, but if you want to have a great job and collaborate and, and still my team members get a lot of recognition. So it's not that they don't get a lot of recognition. In fact, they get you know, more deals accepted, probably being on our team. And, and there's just more that we can do in terms of collaboration. We do a lot of community events and we just can do so much more as a, as a group collectively and to better service our clients collectively. So yeah, yeah I'm getting back to your question. I'm trying to get sidetracked here, but to build a team, I would just say, I would look for people that have the same work ethic that want to, you know, go in the same direction that you want to go in you know, that are happy with the role that you put them in on the team and just want to be a team player. I think that it's really important. There's some people that are more independent and that's okay. But in building a team, you have to be a team player and you have to be willing to do anything. Because in this job, things come up constantly that you don't think that's going to happen. You know, I mean, still to this day, it's like I wake up and I think my day is going to be one way and it shifts to totally something different. And I still go and pick up dog poop in someone's backyard. If we have photos, you know, I have to go and clean up something. I have to go take someone's garbage cans out. I have to go pick up somebody's mail. I mean, you have to be willing, willing to do whatever it takes in this business. And you have to look for people with the same mindset. Yeah, that's great advice. And um, I want to move to the um, Coldwell Banker Global Luxury Network. I know it's fairly new. So tell me a little bit about your role and how that's impacted your business um, as well. Yeah, so that was an honor to be selected as the first um, global luxury lifestyle ambassador. It's a, a mouthful just to say. Um, but I was really excited to be chosen to help with that program. And it's in its very early stages. So we're sort of developing it. Um, but with COVID, obviously, a lot of the global market shifted. Now we find it coming back. And we're trying to really work together to provide the best possible service across the country as well as internationally, right? So to find the other like top agents that we have a great networking group with, again, a lot of like-minded people and be able to kind of expand our reach just beyond the local reach. Because right now, um, because of COVID and because of, I guess, many other reasons, people are changing their lifestyles and people are able to work from home. And so their job is allowing them to move. So we've had several clients that are able to go to Hawaii or able to go to France or Italy or whatever, wherever, and they can still do their job. And so Cobalt Bankers um, International Reach, um, I think just allows us and me the freedom and flexibility and um, the opportunity to work with people outside of just the normal network. Yeah, that's great. 
Um, I think it's really interesting. I'll be interested what happens with the the global. I know I'm in Florida and I know we're seeing more um, global investors coming in again now. So so hopefully that will continue for sure. Yes, I agree. Hopefully, I'm sure. I'm sure it will. Let's take a quick break to talk about the real trends gathering of eagles. Hi, real estate leaders. It's Tracy Velt, editorial director of Real Trends. And I wanted to take a moment to highlight uh, two upcoming events that we have running back to back. The first one is on June 26th. It's our Deal Makers Conference. And this is not just for real estate leaders who are interested in buying or selling a company. This really speaks to profitability and how to um, build a brokerage with value. We'll also talk about some trends in the merger and acquisition and brokerage valuation business. Um, Steve Murray is hosting the event, and we've got some great speakers for you. Immediately following that is our annual gathering of Eagles, which will run on June 27th through the 28th. This event is for real estate leaders, association executives, um, your entire C-suite, as well as team leaders. And we've got some some great speakers and topics where we're covering everything from mortgages entry into real estate to recruiting and evolving business models, highlighting some of the different business models that are, are your competitors today. We've also are looking into improving capture rates of core services, talking about managing relationships with top teams. And we've got more. In addition, Larry Kendall is our keynote speaker. And in addition to his keynote, he's doing a special ninja workshop. It's a limited um, audience. So it's first come, first serve. So we'd love to have you register for the Gathering of Eagles. Again, it's at the Broadmoor Hotel in Colorado Springs, June 26th through the 29th. The 26th is our Dealmakers Conference. It's a separate registration from the Gathering of Eagles. You can find out everything by going to realtrends.com and clicking on the events tab. Thanks so much and hope to see you there. And now back to the podcast. So Real Trends recently did a study on team profitability versus brokerage profitability. And it's really not a surprise that teams are more profitable than brokerages. And a lot of that has to do with lead generation. So do you um, do you provide that service to the agents that you have? Um, you know, is that something that is on your radar or that you're working with? Yes, I would say that we um, are lucky enough because we've been established uh, for so long that we have leads just kind of coming into us because we do a lot of listings and we have market share in our area. We get a lot of calls from um, just local advertising that we do, but I'm a big, um, what they call a geographical farm person. And so we do a lot of direct mail still, which people laugh at to this day. They're like, I cannot believe you're still doing the old fashioned direct mail. And I said, I know, but it's really like worked for us. Um, so we do get a lot of calls just organically. We've done the Zillow, you know, all the different programs that they've offered. Sometimes they've been successful, but they kind of keep changing their platforms. So sometimes it hasn't been as successful. But again, we try to, and, and moving, making this move to Cobalt Banker too, we were able to get our own 
luxury office. So I think we are going to be able to use that in the future to host more events. And we're in a great location where there are events happening in the shopping center. So the team can use that to their advantage. And we have a great location. They can sit out front and meet people. Um, we have more open houses where they can pick up leads. Um, you know, they have their own farms that I'm helping set up with them. So I'll go on appointments with them. Um, and their farm, but it takes a while for farming. So agents have to kind of know if you're going to kind of set up like a farm, it takes a, a long time. You have to be really dedicated to that. But in terms of other like paid lead generation, you know, I haven't done, done too many. I think ours have been you know, mostly like community involvement, organic, working on our sphere of influence. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it, old school, you know, farming and marketing. It, so do you attribute that and, and really your sphere working on your sphere? Do you really attribute that to your success is, is just the relationships that you build with the people you work with? I do 100%. Um, definitely helps now having three kids because when I first started, I thought I was 23 and I thought, Oh my gosh, I'm not going to know anybody that wants to sell their house. And it was so intimidating starting and thinking I have to show property to a 45 year old that I have nothing in common with, you know? So I'm like, I need a dog to walk. I need a kid to borrow and take to the park. I need some, some way of, of getting started. But now having three kids, I mean, I've sold numerous houses for teachers and other families at the school um, they're in sports and just different things like that. So that always helps. And then, and then again, I think we are really good at, um, providing really good service and we have great name recognition at this point. And so we get a lot of referrals from past clients, you know, which is such a nice compliment. So we really try to go out of our way to be a huge resource for people in the community. So we're thought of when people are looking to buy or sell real estate, I think our top of mind by all the interaction that we have within the community. Yeah, that's great. Um, Now, obviously the market is, there are a lot of outside concerns with inflation and interest rates just went up. Um, Do you see any changes in the, in the environment that might change the way you operate right now? Yeah, I've been getting that question a lot, actually. So far, it's kind of early on to see what kind of effects that may come from this right now. I haven't seen seen too many changes. I mean, there are some buyers that I feel that are more anxious to purchase because interest rates may be going up. So there are people that have, you know, been trying to get a house that I think are maybe trying to be more aggressive and securing something. Um, At the same time, I think too, you have some sellers that feel a little anxious and they want to get their houses on the market sooner rather than later. Um, so I think the market right now is still a seller's market and it's still very strong. And we're still seeing a lot of, um, you know, competitive bids, a lot of houses selling for record breaking prices. So at this moment, I have not seen, um, a huge negative impact. That's great. Yeah. Let's hope we, we don't see a huge negative impact. Where do you see the biggest opportunities for real estate team leaders and agents in the coming year? Well, if the market does happen to slow down a little bit, I think that's a good time when people like myself would be able to, you know, think and try to figure out how to grow, right? So we're so busy right now that sometimes we don't have the time to even think about our next steps and to grow. So I would love to have another, you know, one or two agents on my team. And if the market does shift then other independent agents sort of kind of look at their business and think maybe it would be better for me to be on a team. So, you know, I would like to, I don't want, I've, 
like you mentioned, I don't have a huge team. Just recently, we've added a few more people, but in the last couple of years, we've probably had eight or, you know, so it wasn't a huge team. At this point, I don't have envisions of having a 30 person team or anything like that, but I would like to find a couple other great key players that would help, you know, add value to our organization. So I'm hoping in the next, in the next year, that would be, you know, some goals that I have. Um, and we'll just see how the market goes, but yeah, yeah, that would- yeah that's great. Um, and finally, you know, what do you see, what does the future hold for your team? What do you look forward to the most, I guess? And gosh, even at this phase, you know, we, had a great year, 2021. We actually had an amazing year. So I'm so curious to see how we stack up on the Real Trends list as it's going to be coming out. But we far exceeded any expectation that I ever thought was possible. And I never like to go backwards. So I always try to do better than the year before. So we set our goal even higher, which was a lofty goal. You know, so far this year, we are on track, which would be amazing. So if everything goes well, but um, we always just strive to do better. And so we, you know, want to keep working very hard. And I'd like to maybe, like I said, hire a couple more people, key people that would um, add value to the team and help the current staff that we have now because of the volume that we have now. And then maybe another couple of agents, because we are so fortunate that we have um, a lot of opportunities and a lot of leads. So it'd be great to have a couple of other great agents to service clients and maybe um, a couple of agents that are, um, you know, close by, but in different markets. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Krista, thanks so much for joining the Real Trending Podcast. We really appreciate having you on. Thank you so much. It was so nice to be invited. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.